365. The fantasy season never dies. Welcome to Every Day is Draft Day. Presented by Champions Round. What is going on? Football is back. Training Ooh. camp is here. I don't have to talk about the MLB as much anymore. I'm happy. <laughs> we haven't done this podcast in full f- in its uh, true glory in too long. We're time. It's it's time to talk about football. I'm here with my co-host Dan Eagle. Dan Beth, how's it going? It's going great. I'm just glad that. We now have the opportunity to get you away from baseball because you look like you're going to shoot yourself. It's yes, and driving everyone crazy. I am, and that's fine, but what else am I supposed to do? No one wants to talk about golf. We get stuck with baseball, but it doesn't matter anymore. Football mm-hmm. is essentially back. This is the mm-hmm. most chaotic part. Is this more chaotic than the draft time or not? I cannot decide. I think this is more chaotic. I think it is. It definitely is more chaotic I because now we like training camp. Like you, you can just like make an assumption based on like one like training camp right. catch against the and air. what so. comes with that is psychotic ten Ted Bundy level fantasy football takes. Like yep. people mm-hmm. will quite literally switch their take entirely from something just because they see one one pat one video of a single player. So mm-hmm. what do you think so far? Like since you've been seeing all this news come out, because today was a little bit crazy. Yesterday was crazy. What's been the most shocking or like the one storyline that really stood out to you? Well, in terms of like Ted Buddy insanity, it has to be Julio Jones, I think. Yes. I think I think, you know, everyone wants to, you know, just put Julio Jones right up there as like a top, you know, whatever wide receiver, top 40, top 30. I saw in some places. Like, come on, guys. Come on. Like, I get it. Like, like Godwin's supposed to come back. Now he's not gonna be on pup. Uh, so you have Evans, you have Godwin, you have Gage, and we're just like threw Russell Gage in the trash so fast. Yeah, we just yeeted him away, and he's still yeeted. Away. We are back yeeted. to using yeeted. Every day yeeted. is draft day is back. We are saying yeeted. Everyone's here. I'm so happy. Okay, yes, we are yeeting. We have now yeeted Russell Gage <laughs> just into into the shadow realm is, is where Russell Gage is currently presiding. Yeah. Um, and I just I just don't get it. I mean, like everyone, like yeah, Julio did perform well at certain points last year, but then there's always that when he's healthy, and he just hasn't been healthy for the past couple of years. And like the type of injuries he gets, it's like the hamstrings don't get better as you get older. It just doesn't work that way. So like right now, currently he would be wide receiver. He's fourth on the depth chart right now. Uh, I don't think you know he he just jumps immediately above Gage just because he signed. You know, we have to see like what his health is at. Like, yeah, he he's doing great. He's doing some change of direction, and you know, doing some cuts in, in camp and stuff. But it's against air with no one covering him. Like, how is he going to do when during the season? Like, is he going to stay healthy? Like, that's like, so right. this whole like this whole like you know, Julio is better than you know this other good receiver that's completely healthy and is higher up in the in the you know pecking order on their respective team is just absolute nonsense, and I hate it. <laughs> Tampa's actually interesting because Tampa, it's funny. I remember myself uh, when Tampa, I mean, not when Tampa, Tom, not Tampa, Tampa Brady. Uh, Tampa when, Brady. Tom Tampa Brady. Brady uh, when he went over, you know, to Tampa and Godwin was there, Evans was there, 
you know, I kind of avoided them a little bit because I felt like there was this constant, like, who do I play this week? And that just, all it did was solidify Mike Evans. And now I just find it a little bit complicated. But I think what people are failing to realize is like, great, Julio Jones is there. And he gets a great situation because he doesn't need a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of pressure on him to perform very well. But we're ignoring the fact that we quite literally watched this with Antonio Brown. Um, And I'm trying to pull it up right now is like, Antonio Brown was not involved every game. He was used to continue to win. He, you know, uh, played his role for Tom Brady. And I think that Julio has a better chance to stay healthy. And I'll give him that because now, as everyone knows, that has followed me. And one of the things I preach is like, when you force everything onto one player, like CMC, like Saquon, like those guys, you see them get hurt. Um, And I think that Julio, at least like you're putting a safety net around that because he doesn't need to get every single target you know, can definitely play a part to help Tampa win games. But to be super fantasy relevant to the point where like even this that year, right? I'm trying to pull it up here. What did who what did uh Julio even finish? I mean not Julio. Julio finished the last time. Oh my gosh, Julio finished wide receiver 92 two years ago. Like what are we doing here? Uh we're getting a little bit too excited. So I think that everyone needs to take a breather. Godwin is still going to be out for a little bit. There's going to be targets that need to be had. The the cuter part is uh, the Kyle Rudolph signing. No, like, yes, like, come on. I mean, Kyle Rudolph's going to get three touchdowns next year. Max. He got one with the giants like that. I think he's capped at, at three. Um, And, you know, putting your eggs in that basket's ridiculous. Taking, I saw a tweet yesterday that was, I'm drafting Julio Jones before Allen Robinson. What? Yeah, I saw that one. Don't be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, like now this is when people start getting crazy. You're you're drinking the Kool Aid. Don't drink the Kool Aid. We're not doing that. I will say, with their center going down today, I went being the reactive human I am and took their under 11 and a half win. It's not even mm-hmm. really a crazy bet because I think that Brady. Uh, got a little greedy here, and greed never does you well. I think that he should have took a knee when he won that Super Bowl. Your time has come. Your perfect season left with Eli Manning, and my guy is just living his best life in retirement. Like you're done. Like just, just it's, it's. You're. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't feel that strongly uh, like about Tampa Bay. And again, like we're talking about the NFC. It's like not a strong. You could be a really good team in the NFC. You could be the worst team in the AFC if you had to switch. So um, I think the Julio reaction is ridiculous. We saw it. Shout out Chase. It was a matter of, I don't know, one minute we had someone in our draft take Julio Jones. Mm -hmm. 30 seconds in, Julio was gone. Another thing, too, that bothers me. It's like, yeah, Julio's going to be a jump ball guy for them in the red zone. Did Mike Evans cease to exist? He's dead, apparently. Did you know? Is he just gone? He's dead. Because I'm pretty sure that, that Brady is going to be more comfortable throwing to the guy that he's been playing with for three years over Julio Jones. Right. And now I'm even looking right now, right? So Antonio Brown, right, you would expect. And I, I think it's great. Like the what Tom Brady is able to do, how he's able to recruit players and have the success that he has, it's definitely a talent that he has. Might be a witch. Don't know if he's casting spells on these guys can't tell you but even Antonio Brown finished wide receiver 
57. I think that is like, I think that Julio's ceiling is probably somewhere around wide receiver 40. No, it's not. It's not. I know. I'm being nice. It's it's like 55. Okay. To 60. Like 50. It's Let's 55. say 50. He could be a top 50 fantasy wide receiver. Fine. No. But that doesn't mean he's going to have a bad season because I think he can. Because I feel like you think he's not going to contribute at all. I I think he'll have maybe like three good like fantasy like hey this helped me win a week. Yeah. Yes. Three. But who That's wants it. to deal with that headache? It's like when you no. try to decide what running back you're going to play from the Patriots every week. Like, I don't fucking want to do that. Nope. I don't. Not interested. Not fun. I've always done that, though. I don't. I avoid confusion. I want I'd it to be a little take, bit more simpler. I'd rather take someone else, like a like a Jalen Tolbert or someone that. I'd rather have Nico Collins there. I said it. Right, I don't exactly. Care. Yeah. Someone that, you know, is one higher up in the pegging order is younger. And this whole Antonio Brown thing doesn't even make sense because Antonio Brown and Julio Jones are not the same type of receiver. Of course not. not. Right. So so this whole comparison to like, oh, we're just going to step into the Antonio Let's Brown. Let's just say role. target not. share wise. That's where I was going with it. Let's just yeah. say target no, not wise. You, not you. Just like yeah. everyone like oh, all yeah. of like fantasy Twitter. Like this, stop it. It's not the same player. It's not the same situation. Enough. <laughs> and it's sad because, right, we love Julio Jones for the career that he had. Um, yeah. is a, a phenomenal career. wide receiver that we, you know, talent, like we don't see all the time. Yeah. And it's not 2018 I think you, anymore. I think it's fair to say that he's a generational wide receiver. I believe that. And he had, he had his run. Yeah. But again, like a lot of Twitter and especially right now I'm noticing is, and this will lead me to the, one of the guys I want to bring up is a lot of Twitter right now is based off of the past, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, like to some extent, but if I have one more person argue with me about, you know, and I'll bring up my giants. Cause you know, what are we 10 minutes into the show? And it usually only takes me six minutes to do so. So I'm at a, hitting yeah. a record here is yep. like, please stop showing me stats from Joe judge and Jason Garrett's era. I do not care. Do I think the giants are going to be good? No, but I don't, I don't want, if you show me one more, if I see one more stat, from when Joe Judge was running this team, I'm going to lose my mind. If you show me one more Mike Zimmer stat from the Vikings, I'm going to lose my mind. Like you can't base or project for the next season off of an entirely new coaching staff, which brings me to my favorite news of today. I think that Brian Dale and the had a plan. And the plan was Wandell Robinson is the next Devo Samuel, which is a very dramatic, I'm being like Twitter, but they're using him in a very creative way. Talk to me about Wandell. I'm so excited. I mean, yeah, I was a little surprised. I mean, not surprised. I think that he's definitely the type of player that if you're going to use like a wide receiver and a running back role a la Debo, uh, that he would be the perfect guy to do that with. Based on you know his acceleration and and you know his, his stats, he's on the smaller side. So he's five eight, so he's more of like one eighty five. So he's more scat back, but still, you know, as, right. as kind of like the as the kind of like the the complement to what Saquon can give you. Uh, I like it. I like the move. I think that's exactly why you brought in Dable as the coach to to make moves like this to use the guys that you have in ways that can help your team, not just use them, you know, 
to run a five-yard slant over the middle and then call it a day. Uh, the fact yeah. that, you know, they're willing to put the ball in his hands because after Saquon, what well, you have Matt Breida and then that's pretty much about it. So, I mean, it's not like yeah. that aren't running back carries to be, you know, passed around here. So if, if he's going to go that route, they were like the, the, the fact that they drafted Wendell, which everyone was like, what the uh, little like eyebrow race because he thought went a little higher, but you know, they, it, Giants seemed like they do have a plan. They had a great yeah. draft, uh, you know, mm-hmm. not, not just fantasy wise with, with Neil and, and Thibodeau and, and, you know, if they're going to use Wendell like that, I, I think it's perfect. It gives, you know, it, it gives Saquon some, you know, some, some rest, uh, you know, get him back into, you know, so he doesn't have to carry the, the entire load and then get injured again. So that that's also a key component too, because you want to keep him as healthy as, as possible for as long as possible. Right. So like, like, like you said, no one's saying the Giants are going to be like, you know, these like Super Bowl contenders or anything, but I think it's definitely a step in the right direction that that the new coaches have can take the players that they have and use them in ways that will benefit the team, no matter what it is. Just because he's a receiver doesn't mean you can't use him in you know in the, in the running back role or use him on jet yeah. sweeps or whatever whatever they want to use it in. I'm laughing right now because I typed in uh, I was pulling up the report, but I just I have to read this tweet. This is funny. Okay. I never get to do something like this. The NFL is now this is a tweet. The NFL is a copycat league, and now everyone wants a Debo run slash catch weapon. Introducing Wanda Robinson of the Giants. Hashtag fantasy football. Hashtag fantasy sports. Hashtag Giants camp. News flash to this person. The league is changing. And a lot of teams, yeah, uh, they are looking for that Debo, but I think that they don't always pick the guy that fits that role. And I think that someone, you know, we talked about this too um, when we did our draft coverage, like guys like Traylon Burks, guys like Wondell Robinson, um, they don't fit this exact role of a wide receiver. They have some flaws that why you don't look for in wide receivers, but if you're able to use them in this very creative hybrid role and you can unleash their talent, I think that the potential is limit, like is limitless. And I think that Wanda Robinson, um, right. Like none of us are drafting him in redrafts. He's going to go undrafted. He'll be a waiver wire pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you're, you know, doing dynasty and you're sticking him out of taxi squad, which is fine. I, I think that he might end up being one of those waiver wire uh, sweethearts when, you know, the giants are known to just get hurt all the time. Wide receiver room is always injured. So he might be that guy that week eight, you end up picking up because, he ends, he's the guy that's playing in there and getting the volume. Mm-hmm. I, I think you make a great point about how the league is changing. I think a lot of the times when and this really kind of happened with the Wildcat as well. Everyone saw the Wildcat like work for one team, and then everyone tried to make like a gimmick out of it. When really you have to incorporate it as part as part of your scheme, as part of your offense. And that's why Debo was so successful. The 49ers built their system around Debo playing that wide back role. So if the Giants can do that same thing, if if, if uh, Dabble can come in and use Robinson specifically for that and have plays for that, then I think it'll be a lot more successful than just like, hey, here's this fast, small guy on the team. Let's just throw him in, in that role and see how, what works. So I think yeah. given that, given, given all, the whole offseason and training camp and, and everything to prepare for that kind of role, I think Robinson will do really well. And, and it's something that if he is put in that role, that will definitely help increase his fantasy value as the year progresses. Right. And even the Giants, I think the nice thing about the Giants, then we'll move on from them is like, that's the creativity that you're, you were not seeing. This was not mm-hmm. the well planned out using players the way they should be used. Very interesting. I'm wondering, I saw a video of Sterling Shepard who looked fantastic for where he is in his rehab. So interesting to see how that uh, plays out. Give me another storyline. What are you hearing a lot about? Cause there's been, I mean, a ton Speaking of, of Giants. 
old no. friend Evan Ingram. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> I mean, guys. Jackson, guys. Jacksonville. Everyone was like, yeah, Evan Ingram's going to be top tight end. And hold on. I have an I have an Ingram point, but I think I dropped it. Give me a second. Uh, oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, drops. It's all about drops. He never changed. I tweeted out, you know, right before we got on. By week five, everyone's going to realize, like, this was an Evan Ingram problem. This was not – he has the yips. I'm sorry. Week five. Has, it's, it's, they're realizing now. I know. I don't know when I got so soft. I think it's baseball. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Baseball is making me soft. No, I think that, you know, Evan Ingram has to – if he's dropping passes in training camp, do you guys know what he's going to do when he's on the field? It is what it is. I just don't. And even if he's doing that, maybe he will be what looks on paper as more productive. But I think that's going to come from him getting way less targets. I don't want to hear that it was the Giants' fault anymore. He had plenty of opportunities to catch the ball and make plays. He failed to do so. He had the opportunities. They were not bad balls. I watched him for two years be the most targeted player on this team. I'm not doing it anymore. Like, he is not going to be. Why are, you, why are people drafting him ahead of Irv Smith? Are you guys insane? Literally insanity. Yeah, yeah, and I, like you made a great point. Like that that one year, I forget what year it was, where literally the entire Giants wide receiver core, except for one person, was I think it was Tony's like rookie year was hurt, and they they had to target Ingram and he couldn't perform. So why is it that he goes to Jacksonville is going to be any, any different? He's going to be the same player. Like, and, yeah, we all like uh, we all like to like blame Daniel Jones for you know sucking and everything, but you know, looking back, like he, he Evan Ingram did not do him any favors ever <laughs> at all. No, absolutely not. And it's funny because I told myself I was going to look up at some point when I find a spare minute. Like, I actually want to see of all the pass attempts that Dale Jones has had, like, how many drops, like, what percentage? Maybe I will put that out there and, like, do some kind of giveaway or comment in our, in the YouTube comments. How many, like, what the percentage of drops Dale Jones has had since he's been on the Giants? Because I bet you it is a shocking number because not only Ingram, it's also Slayton, but this doesn't have to be the Giants podcast. So I'm trying to think of what else came out today. It's been so much. Oh, Traylon Burks. What about Traylon Burks? Sure. His asthma is not acting up, is it? No, no, it's not. The asthma is, is uh, Jamar Chase's no hands of this year. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And like, I think people get so angry about like the most absurd stuff. Yeah, it's it's it, it's just like I don't understand. And I didn't really understand it with Chase anymore. Maybe it's like they just want to put out this bad information so they drop and draft so they can draft them, I guess. Yeah. But well, this whole like this this like smear, it's not really smear. I guess it is kind of a smear thing. We're like you just point out this one thing in training camp when guys are just figuring things out. I mean, they're rookies. What do you, they're not going to be perfect. And then they just like crap all over them for no reason. Like, yeah. Okay. So he has asthma. I'm pretty sure that the Titans would know that. So did, didn't Emmett Smith have in, in, asthma in, in the medical too? screenings like, just, before the draft? It's not like this is like, he's still, he's been, a prof- he's essentially been like a high tier elite athlete his entire life. It's obviously not plagued him enough where it's been an issue. And he also got past, you know, the medical, it's not like Justin Ross, right? Which is a team that we can move to because Juju sounds yeah. like he's doing fantastic over there. And I think that people are overlooking him. Like it's not, it's very, 
people are overreacting. I think with with the Juju thing, I think that Juju was never forgiven for when Antonio Brown left. He couldn't stand up to that that the the, the expectations of being the next Antonio Browns that Pittsburgh and the fantasy community had for him. And the fact that when he didn't do that, everyone was just you know taking shots at him and and saying he wasn't good enough. And you know, yeah. I, I think it's a little unfair uh, to compare him to probably like the greatest wide receiver of that era. And, and Antonio Brown. And, and it, I, I think that's, like you said, that, that goes back to the theme of overreacting. Like, okay, it's, it's okay that he wasn't that. It, he never was going to be that, and that's fine. And the fact now that he gets a fresh start in Kansas City with a pretty much wide-open death chart uh, for targets behind uh, Travis Kelsey. And, you know, not to make light of, you know, training camp videos because training camp videos should always be taken with a grain of salt, but he's made some really good catches. Uh, and if you can get a good rapport with Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is still going to be Patrick Mahomes. So if he can be a top two receiver in that offense, he's going to perform. It just that's just a fact. Like he, he like right. there's no there is no scenario where he isn't if he's a top two guy that he just doesn't perform. That it's, there and, isn't it. And the benefit of having right, and this is where a lot of like worry comes from, is you know guys like Patrick Mahomes, guys like Aaron Rodgers, guys like like they elevate everyone around them. And that's what you want. You want that from your quarterback. You also want that from a fantasy perspective. I feel comfortable drafting someone like Juju, knowing that the ball is coming from Patrick Mahomes. Also knowing that I watched Juju play with a decrepit, molding, dying Big Ben arm. Like he did not, he was not in his best he was not given his best uh, stage to show his potential, to show his talent. And I think people are still mad at him for TikTok. Be mad at him for TikTok. But I think Juju is going to end up surprising people. Um, and I, and surprising people in the sense where I'm not saying Juju is going to be a top 20 wide receiver. Like, could it happen? Maybe. I mean, that's maybe we see him unlock, like, unlock uh, Juju's full potential. But taking him past some of these other guys is just absurd to me. I, I, I think I'm going to take, I don't know if this is going to be a really hot take, but I'm going to say right now Juju outscores. Julio Jones. Oh yeah, I that should not be a hot take. If that's a hot take, you would you I, would think it wasn't. But if you looked at Twitter lately, it might be. <laughs> well, Twitter no. is actually on drugs lately, to be right. honest. But yeah, like I like like you said, even you, if he ends up being the top receiver, top twenty receiver is in the range of outcome range of outcomes that he can he can you know get to. He doesn't have to be Tyreek Hill. He doesn't have to be Antonio Brown. He just has to be a dependable, dependable guy that catches the ball from one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And that's good enough. And that, and that, and like you said, the fact that he's t- going so low in these drafts and t- being taken, uh, you know, past some of these other guys is just crazy, crazy to me. And his job almost feels more secure. And I think a lot of that comes from, right. You watched him, um, uh, like on the Steelers and it wasn't what you wanted him to be. Then he started, he's going as wide receiver 34. That's moronic. I'm sorry. I, I, that's ridiculous. That is insane. Like, yeah, I'm taking him before Hunter Renfro, who is going two spots ahead of him. Like I am doing that because I think that I would rather chase his opportunity than knowing, uh, you know, Devonte Adams is going to eat up a lot of what, we want mm-hmm. out of someone like a Hunter Renfro. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what happened Hunter- with Holly? Something happened with Hollywood Brown. 
I missed that uh, one. Yeah, yeah. So Hollywood Brown got put on the uh, non-football injury list uh, with a bum hamstring uh, right mm. before camp. It was kind of a shock because you know a lot of these NFI you know things were just like crap because as soon as they went to camp they were fine. But you know that was one that was unexpected, and I think that you know if that is something that should be monitored. I don't know how I don't know how serious it is, but if it ends up being something where he misses like you know some training camp or some preseason games or it lingers into the season. And with the Andre Hopkins not being there for the first couple of games, that's something where you can look at it and say, like, hey, maybe Zach Ertz and, and Rondell Moore maybe get bumped up a little bit uh, in your rankings because they're going to be the, the top guys in the offense for, for a little while until uh, Hollywood gets healthy and the Andre comes back from suspension. Yeah, I am very much with you. I think that – and, you know, it's funny because this time last year we were – Everyone was all over Rondell Moore and so excited about him. And I don't think that his role is like totally cut out. And again, for everyone that listens to the show, like I definitely have backtracked on Rondell. I'm, I have a toxic relationship with him a little bit. Um, and I've watched his ADP fall though. And I don't know if that's really the appropriate way that we should be handling it. I think that there is something to the Hollywood chemistry if Hollywood's not going to be on the field, like where does everyone think the ball is going? So I think he, maybe uh, Rondell is a guy that, you know, in the beginning of the year is, mm -hmm. you can still have league winner type guys that play the beginning of the season. Like it doesn't have to just be the end of the season. So Rondell is probably, as I approach uh, upcoming drafts, that I'm going to start looking that direction more than yes. I was. Absolutely. And especially for, for the type of receiver that Hollywood is, uh, with the hamstrings like a couple of years ago the same thing happened with the eagles and deshaun jackson where deshaun jackson you know hurt his hamstrings early in the year and then you know wasn't as effective at all the rest of the, the rest of the year so it's really something to look at where even if hollywood does play and and he's not going to be as effective as he could be because you know obviously his his game is, is, is going to be deep speed and yards after the catch so if the hamstring uh is, is you know hurting him in any way that that can also be you know helpful for for rondell uh, to get more opportunities that way as well yeah I love it. We could talk about this all freaking day. We try to keep our show short so that people continue to tune in with us. I'm so excited that every day is draft days back next week. We're going to do more training camp talk. We're also going to finally roast our champions round <laughs> draft for the league that we're in. And Dan and I have a few things to say about it. Uh, mm -hmm. so you guys make sure you subscribe to the YouTube, make sure you follow us on our socials. We have good stuff coming out. Dan, you have something exciting coming out soon, don't you? Yes. I will actually be finishing up my, uh, t 32 team fantasy draft guide for redraft uh, this week. So that should be out uh, sometime next week. It's, uh, it was a ton of fun to make. Uh, it has a lot of really good info. So definitely, uh, check that out. Uh, and hopefully it can help you win a, a few leagues this year. Yeah, and we want to, you know, we got back in Discord. We're ready to be active in there. Super excited to be talking fantasy football again. It's been too long. It feels so right. Be sure to go play Daily Dozen with us, too. We have had two 12 out of 12s. And they didn't pay for – they didn't play pay. Pay for money. They didn't play for money. Uh, download the app. Yeah. <laughs> Use the code Daily Dozen if it's your first time. It'll get you one free entry. I didn't tell you that. Don't tell my bosses that. We will catch you guys on the flip. Eagles and FF. Steffi Smalls. See you guys. See ya.